What's going on, Bucks fans, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast here on iTunes and YouTube for episode 8. Coming off of a victory Monday, we beat the Giants at home to increase that winning streak, and it still feels so sweet. The Buccaneers 2-1 and one as we prepare for Thursday night against the defending Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots and Raymond James once more for some Thursday night action in the color rush uniforms. Welcome back to the show, guys. I am your host, Redicus, joined alongside, as always, my good friend and buddy co-host, Mr. Evan. Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing just fine, man. Still feeling, like I said before, still feeling good coming off of that victory against the Giants. It was it was scrappy. I mean, we kind of had to... Kind of had to fight for it a little bit more than I would have liked us to, but a win is a win, and you can't dispute that. But feeling good, man. How are you feeling? The Buccaneers 2-1. and one. People were talking trash just a week ago, and we're positive now, so. Well, I mean, you know, it's going to be positive after a win, and they're going to talk trash after a loss. Uh, that's uh, that's just how it's going to go. So uh, hopefully there's more positive than negative. Also, the uh, the Vikings lost, which was good news for us the Vikings did lose 14 to 7 I forgot who they played to be honest because I don't care about the Vikings all too much unless the Buccaneers are playing them but we had a lot of people on the Instagram page a lot of Vikings fans just hanging on to that win as long as they could there was one guy I'm not going to call him out by name but if you guys do follow us on Instagram we had one guy on one of our posts it was a screenshot of a tweet the NFL had sent out uh, and it said attention all wide receivers Roads are closed, uh, talking about Xavier Rhodes, and it was a picture with all the stats of the receivers that he had played. And one of those jerseys that was hung up on a stick next to Xavier Rhodes was Mike Evans, and it was five receptions for 53 yards. Well, Mike Evans replied to that and said, Rhodes were open for me. Film don't lie. And look at the film. Every play that Xavier Rhodes was one-on-one with Mike Evans, he was not able to, to get in his face like he has been other receivers thus far this season. But we had some guy come out. And try and try and shut it down. Try and say Mike wasn't at the top of his game, and and given you know five receptions for 53 yards, he only had the ball thrown to him five times. But manhandled Xavier Rhodes. Had a couple of other fans come back us up. Appreciate that, guys. But the moral of the story here is that the Vikings lost and the Bucks won this week. So let's just move on right ahead and focus on New England. Another tidbit of news: something good that came out of this week. Dougie Fresh, Doug Martin is back in action. The Buccaneers have put him on the active list for this Thursday against the New England Patriots. Man, we have... I mean, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. But Doug Martin looking to come back and play with a chip on his shoulder, hoping to have him come up big against the number 32 defense in the NFL being the Patriots. How do you think, and we'll just we'll kind of jump right into it, we'll talk about the offense first. How are you feeling about how this offense is going to fare against the Patriots? Because as we've seen before, as we've talked about, number 32 in the league, you know, stats don't lie, and being dead last isn't exactly the best stat in the world, especially if you're Super Bowl champs. How do you think the offense will fare? Uh, you know, I hope um, that uh, they, they fare okay because it's just – the Patriots defense is just not good. Um, you know, uh, I believe they are just like you said, 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. Uh, you know, and 
Carolina had their way with them. New Orleans, eh, a little. Kansas City had their way with them. And even Houston. That was a shootout. So, um, I mean, you know, it, it, I would I would like to say that the offense would have major success. The only problem is, I believe I may have mentioned this yet last night, um, and what I wanted to just reiterate on was, you know, they didn't really, I, they play the Saints twice, obviously, every year, and the Saints never have a great defense, but they never really, the Buccaneers never really played great against that defense. The offense never, in the past three years, so the offense has never, like, come alive uh, against that defense. And I mean, you know, it is a division rival, but it just worries me that it seems like whenever the Bucks go up against the defense that everybody else is torching, the Bucks can't seem to do anything. So, um, do I think they'll have a good day? Yeah, uh, but it it is kind of uh, in the in the back of your head j- just a little bit. Yeah, I feel you on that one, man. Uh, something big that needs to be discussed is just finishing drives, pure and simple. The point is, Nick Folk wouldn't have had an opportunity to miss a field goal if the drive had been finished against the Giants on Sunday, given that he should have made the field goal. I'm not taking that off of him. Uh, but finishing drives is really going to come on, is really going to come up to bite us here if it's not going to be done correctly. Because we mentioned before, this is going to be a very high-scoring game. You look at NFC South rivals, the Panthers just beat the Patriots 33-30. to Regardless of how you look at it, 33 to 30, 63 points is a very high-scoring game for the Buccaneers. Is the highest we've only seen them put up as Week One against Chicago. And you look at the Texans. The Texans have outscored half of the league, 15 points or uh, 15 teams. I'm sorry, they outscored uh, half the league in points so far. Because the Buccaneers are not a team that puts up a lot of points. Is the point that I'm trying to make here. A lot of points being made into making points, but we make points here on the show and we talk about those points and we can get points on the board if the Buccaneers uh, get everything together this Sunday. But finishing drives is really going to come up big for the Bucks against uh, New England this Thursday, not Sunday. I apologize. But, yeah, um, th- that's pretty much the, uh, the point I wanted to make. Need to finish drives, need to come up big here. This doesn't need to come down to Nick Folk making every single kick because touchdowns should be on the board if we're going to stay in this game with New England. Yeah, but, I mean, he also needs to make his extra points. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right on that. Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not defending him in any way. He's got to make extra points. He's got to make chip shot field goals. Given people said, oh, it was raining against the Giants for a little bit, you know, maybe on that first kick that he had it was raining just a smidge. The field was a little dirty, but regardless, he's in a situation and he's being paid to make kicks. You got to make those kicks. We'll see what happens, but looking to expect a very high-scoring game uh, this Thursday night. Yeah, uh, I I think so. I think it's going to be pretty much a shootout. Another thing to mention before we jump into the defense, the color rush uniforms. I I've brought it up. Uh, I brought it up last year just because we only had one other game in the color rush uniforms. Now we have had two games in the color rush uniforms. And I hate to bring it up, but it's a fact. It's a statistic, and people like to look at statistics. The Buccaneers have never won in the color rush uniforms. I love them to death. I think they are the coolest. I think they are one of the coolest uniforms in the league. But we got to find a way to win. And... 
You're two and one right now. You're sitting okay in the division. You're half a game back behind Atlanta, and Atlanta and Carolina are tied for first right now, I believe, right? Yep. You're half a game back. If you want to jump back into this and make it a fight for the NFC South, the Buccaneers do have to win this Thursday. But don't want to freak people out either. It is the Super Bowl champions. It is Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. A loss isn't going to kill us. Be 2-2. Two and two. There's a lot of great teams that start off 2-2. Two and two. Shows you what you're up against, and it is one of, uh, excuse me. It is going to be one of the toughest challenges we have this season. So a loss isn't going to kill us here. But definitely, if you want to keep this momentum going, looking for a win. And as we mentioned before, the offense is going to be the way to go. Looking for looking for something to get mixed up here. I, I need maybe not mixed up. Gotta make well, yeah, gotta mix things up here. Sorry about that. I was taking a sip of Gatorade. I couldn't process. I think something that's really going to help us here is establishing the run on the ground. Doug Martin's gonna be back. He's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder. If we can get out first half and get him moving the way that we know he can, then the Buccaneers could have a chance to stay in this game through the half, maybe even lead to the half, depending on how the Patriots respond. But getting things working on the ground has really not worked for us too, too well this season. Um, like we said before, the biggest showing we saw on the ground was 113 yards by Jaquiz Rogers against the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bears are not a good defense. The Patriots are not a very good defense either. So Doug Martin coming out and having a big day is exactly what we're going to need here because it's going to be pretty pretty back and forth, to say the least, if that run game can't get going. And it's going to come down to Jameis staying composed in the pocket and not throwing any picks either. Uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, you also have to consider, um, you know, Doug Martin hasn't played football in, in over a month. So there may be some rust. There. I just I don't think Doug, especially the game that Quiz had uh, against the Giants, um, that was actually his season high rushing yards. Uh, you were reading the total rushing yards that the Bucks had, um, in, in, and that wasn't all Jaquiz Rogers uh, versus the Bears. Um, and Jaquiz Rogers had his best game versus the Giants, and I think that you know they're gonna look at Doug and say, okay, yeah, we are gonna give you some carries, but. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna overload you here because it is your first time back, and uh, we think uh, that that quiz can can get the job done somewhat. So I mean I think that um, you know he he's gonna he's going to um, I think they would, they would want to get him going early, and you know, but they also want to keep him fresh. Uh, they definitely want to they definitely want to keep him. They, they don't want to wear him out by giving him 25 carries uh, in the first game. You know, because then it could lead to injury, and Doug Warren has been injury-prone, so you never really know. Uh, but hopefully he comes out fresh against the Patriots defense. That just isn't good. Yeah, you are not wrong there. Uh, it, it's going to be... It's going to be kind of weird fixing him back into the system. I had someone ask, um, I had someone DM the Instagram page and ask how the Bucks are going to look to use Doug Martin this Thursday night. It's going to be, it's going to be a process trying to figure out where he's going to get set up. Like you said, we've seen that uh, people have shown, or I'm sorry, people have been shown that you know Jaquiz can get the job done when he needs to he's not the best back in the world but if Doug Martin can come in and play football like we know that he can it'll be a little bit easier but 
Also, like you said, Doug Martin hasn't played in a month, so could lead to a little bit of ring rust. It could be the same old Bucks that we've seen before, but at the same time, looking at ring rust, we saw the Buccaneers bounce back week one against a beat-up Chicago team and put up a lot of points, given there was a little bit of ring rust, a couple of mistakes, and there have been a couple of mistakes. And offensive mistakes are definitely something that we're going to need to stay away from here uh, as we head forward a lot. Need, need to cut back on the penalties. Not that it's been a huge issue, but there are a couple of penalties, especially in the backfield. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and that's how you're going to beat the Patriots by limiting your, your mistakes. Um, you know, you're not going to beat the Patriots by committing too many penalties or committing too many turnovers. It just won't happen. And we're at a point in the NFC South. The Buccaneers are going to be looking for that top spot or at least a tie for the top spot in the NFC South if Atlanta and the Panthers can actually – yeah, the Buccaneers are going to be fighting for that top spot. Sorry about that. I got choked up for a minute. Uh, but one thing to take note, nobody in the NFC South really looks too dominant right now. Uh, the Panthers' offense looks really bad. The Falcons really don't have much of a defense so far. The Panthers have an okay defense, but the Falcons have a good offense. Uh, but uh, neither of those are really coming out and, and kicking ass and, and taking names and deserving to be that top spot. If the Bucks can start to string together some wins and if they can steadily improve as the season goes on, the Bucks are going to be on the come up in the NFC South, but it's going to come down to this game and how the momentum shifts heading forward out of Thursday. They do have that big break after Thursday night, but after that it's just it's really going to come down to getting those wins together. Yeah, um, and the, the, the break will certainly help. Yeah, the, the, um, I mean, the sorry excuse th of the bye week we sure. have. It's a poor man's bye week. It's a Walmart bye week. That's what it is. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, in 10 days, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help uh, for sure. Uh, just hope that the Bucks don't suffer any major injuries in this game because, you know, that would suck. Yeah, it really is going to suck. Speaking of injuries, have you heard any more about um, – you know, any of our guys on defense possibly coming back and playing this Thursday night? I do know that we had saw something. Quan had posted a couple of pictures on his Instagram story that could um, be alluding to him back at practice, but nobody knows 100%. Haven't seen any stories on it. Uh, yeah, he he posted on his Instagram story. It just said, um, we back. And then he posted on Twitter and said a picture of him and Cutter. And it said the the comeback is gonna be real, coach. Can't wait or whatever, something like that. And but he hasn't practiced at all, so that's that's why it leads me to believe that he's not ready yet. But he's going to be ready for Arizona um, when Week Six rolls around after this break. Uh, however, T.J. Ward was uh, well. Actually, I'll get to that later. Quan Alexander, Levante David, and Keith Tandy did not participate in practice today. Um, Keith Tandy also didn't participate yet. Yesterday, all three of those guys did not participate. Uh, T.J. Ward didn't participate in practice yesterday, but was limited today. So that's a good sign for him uh, moving forward. Hopefully, uh, he'll he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to come in, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to come in and play on Thursday. He should have most of the playbook down by now. 
So uh, let's hope that he's able to come in and contribute because he's they're going to need him. Is excuse me, just take a drink. Um, you know, Rob Gronkowski's on the other side. He's the tight end, and the safety, the safety, and the linebackers cover the tight end. And honestly, if the Bucks could get Quan Alexander, Levante David, and TJ Ward back, they could very well shut down Gronkowski. However, it doesn't look like Levante or Quan will be back. But the good news is, after that ten-day break, it looks like it's they very well could be one hundred percent by then. And that'll be something that helps out for sure heading into Arizona after the break. But flipping gears over to the offense, or not the offense, I'm sorry. Switching gears over to the defense, something we do need to take a look at and something that needs to be fixed very quickly is this pass rush. We have said it before, we'll say it again. When you're playing Tom Brady, one of the only ways to stop Tom Brady is to hit Tom Brady. The Buccaneers have not done a very good job at hitting anybody this season. Only one sack registered at all this season, and that was week one. When sackless against Case Keenum and the Vikings, as well as Sunday against Eli Manning and the Giants. Eli Manning even snuck in a rushing touchdown. Like I said before, old dumpy Eli pretty, pretty much fell into the end zone. But a rushing touchdown is a rushing touchdown. That pass rush needs some help. Uh, yeah, it's it's simple. They don't get... if. If the Bucks get zero pass rush, I will bet anything they will not win. Um, you know, the Eli Brady's better than Eli Belichick's a better coach than McAdoo. Um, they know what they're gonna do if the Bucks can't get pass rush, and if they will not win, the Bucks, I guarantee it. I will bet any type of money that anybody that anybody wants to wants to give. If the Bucks do not now, this is only if they don't get a pass rush. If they get a pass rush and hit Brady, you can beat Brady. It's been proven that if you hit him, you can beat him. Um, but if they do not get any pass rush, they will not win. Uh, and, and Mike Smith knows that. That's why I think they're going to see some blitzes. Um, but also, Brady gets the ball out of his hands quick, so there won't always be the opportunity for a sack. Only positive is. The Patriots' offensive line is not the best in the world. The only negative is better than the Giants, and the Bucks didn't get a sack against the Giants' offensive line. So um, it's simple. The secondary is not, not freaking filled with pro bowlers. Okay, Brent Grimes is a very good cornerback. Uh, he played great last week. Uh, Vernon Hargraves is not a uh, shutdown corner. It's not. It's not like you have uh, Brent Grimes. Vernon Hargraves is a shutdown corner, and then you have. Uh, uh, you know, guys like Eric Berry and freaking, I don't even know. Uh, I can't even think of a good safety in the league, honestly. Uh, <laughs> Eric Eric Berry and I want to give a, a good example here because I want to I want to talk about it a, a bit of what you could do. Uh, I'm going to go with Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles. If you had that, if Vernon Hargraves was shut down corner, Frank Grimes shut down corner, Malcolm Jenkins player. Eric Berry's the best safety in the NFL. If you had that, okay, you'd be able to hang in the game, but you still wouldn't win if you couldn't get pass rush, because it doesn't matter what you have in the secondary if you don't get a pass rush. Now, if you have a bad secondary, you're going to get put up 50 points on you if if you if you don't have a pass rush. Good thing is that the Bucks don't have a bad secondary. Uh, it's, it's decent. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Uh, Brent Grimes makes it uh, makes it uh, good 
Vernon Hargraves makes it decent. Guys like Chris Conte really bring it down. But, uh, yeah, you know, TJ Ward, if, if he could play, that'd be a huge boost, boost for sure. And something that does need to be looked at here, you talk about the secondary and the vulnerability that they are in. We sit here and talk about the Patriots' defense being dead last, but the Patriots have the number one pass offense in the league right now, averaging uh, 328.3 yards per game. We got the tail of the tape looked up right here. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Buccaneers do have the number six uh, rush defense in the NFL at 78.7 yards average per game, and the Patriots at number 26. The pass defense for the Patriots is at number 32, and the pass defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is at number 31. So two of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Really going to have to come up big here, like you said. A composed Brady can do whatever he wants to on the football field. Establishing that pass rush and able to able to shake him up just a little bit. Able to get him off of his back foot. Able to get a chance to make Brady make a bad play is really what, what it's going to come down here to. Because like you said, if the secondary can't perform, regardless of if the pass rush is there or not, if the secondary cannot perform, you're going to get 50, 55 points put up on you by the New England Patriots and that deadly mm, no, see, wide receiver I think it's board. the other way around. You think, I think so? that if, if the pass rush isn't there, it doesn't matter. Um, if the pass rush is there, a bad secondary can look very good um, because the quarterback just simply does not have enough time. Man. <laughs> he doesn't have enough time. When he doesn't have enough time, he's either going to get sacks, he's going to get hit, or he's going to make a quick mistake, and that mistake could lead to you know uh, an impact player making an impact play. It could also any sack could lead to a sack fumble. It, you know, so if you get pressure, pressure is the number one thing. Well, what did what did the, what did the Bucks have in two thousand two? They had Sworn Sapp inside. Okay, great player, but I mean he wasn't a sack machine. What they have on the outside, Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice got about I think like fourteen sacks that year. He was an absolute monster, and that was one of the reasons. You know, the Bucks secondary, it was okay. it was good. Um, Brian Kelly was okay. Rondé Barber was good. Um, you know, Dexter Jackson was was good, probably only for that for that season, really. And of course, we all know John Lynch was great, but the secondary wouldn't have been as good at, if the if the pass rush wouldn't have been there. If they didn't have Simeon Rice and they had nobody rushing the edge, they would have probably lost two more games and probably I don't think would have won the Super Bowl because Simeon Rice, I believe, had two sacks in that Super Bowl, and that was huge. Okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from now. I, I kind of – I hate to say it, but I kind of I, I kind of switch my stance a little bit. I see where you're coming from, and it makes a lot of sense. That pass rush is really going to be a defining factor whether the secondary looks good or not. I, I see exactly where you're coming from now. Okay, my bad. There was a little bit of misunderstanding there, but – Something we said before, something we'll say again, something that'll probably be said every week of the season. The pass rush does need to come out and come out big and put pressure on Tom Brady to make those bad decisions. I'd like to see a couple of picks this game. Uh, you know, Brady protects the football, you know, and like I said, it relies on the pass rush, and I don't think you're going to stop hearing about the pass rush until you see results. I, yeah. If the Bucks come out and get, and get five sacks this game, People are going to be raving about the pass rush, but then you're going to start to slowly see them talk less about the pass rush because they don't think it's as much of an issue. Um, you know, if they come out get five sacks, and that, I, I guarantee 
you get five sacks, that's gonna lead to at least one pick. Because if you're getting five sacks, that means you're getting you're getting pressure other times too, and just not getting them. And that can lead to a quick mistake. Maybe the ball gets popped up in the air, but you know, and and, and picked off. Who knows? And I, I you know, I, I made a prediction sort of in my head today. I said the Buccaneers okay. If Jameis Winston throws no interceptions, throws no interceptions, Nick Folk makes all of his kicks, and the Bucks can force two turnovers. Not not necessarily sacks. Okay, I wasn't really talking about sacks, but two turnovers, a fumble or an interception, right? Or, you know, two fumbles, whatever, two, two interceptions. I don't care. If they can do that, James Winston, zero turnovers, Nick Folk, all of his kicks, and then two turnovers for the defense, the Buccaneers will win this game. Uh, I strongly believe that. The only problem is they haven't got a turnover in, you know, uh, two straight games and about 10 quarters. So um, not looking good, but, um, you know, every week is a new week. So let, let's hope that my prediction, uh, that's not really my prediction. I shouldn't really use that word, but it's just something that I thought in my head that I think that if that would happen, if Jameis protected the football and Nick Folk was, was, uh, made, made the points count and the Bucks were able to force two turnovers, not, you know, one, it would be nice, but you don't need three or four. I think just two against the bad Patriots defense, the Bucks would win. All right. I'm feeling you on that one, man. We will jump into final score predictions and offensive and defensive MVP. I'll throw it over to you first, my man. We'll do uh, final score predictions and offensive and defensive MVPs. How are you feeling for Thursday? Bucks are 0-3. 0-3. That stat is – actually, they're 0-4. Sorry. They're 0-4 in Thursday night football games. Three of those four games have been played at Raymond James. Well, actually, two of those four games, so half of them. And Three of them both. have been played in the color rush uniform. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, not even. I'm sorry. I didn't two, even cut you two, off. Two, two, two. Yeah, two have been played. Um, but they, yeah, they haven't won the color rush uniforms. Okay. I saw a stat somewhere. Don't remember where. The Patriots coming off a loss since 2002 or whatever. I believe they have. They haven't lost two games in a row. Like they are like coming off a loss. They're like I don't remember the win total, but I remember the loss total. They have six losses since 2002. Coming off a loss, they they don't win. They don't lose two games in a row. Um, also, Patriots seem to dominate their opponents whenever they play on Thursday night football. Bucks have gotten blown out. Let's see. They're zero and four. They've gotten blown out every year. Let's not talk about every, the Atlanta game. Every well, which one? They got blown out twice. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I know which one you're wrong. talking about, though. But uh, you know, obviously, 2013, <laughs> 2013, it was Carolina in Tampa, blew them out. 2014, it was that bad Atlanta game in Atlanta. Got embarrassed. 2015, it was the Rams game where he lost to Case Keenan for the first time ever. That was the first game. It was a color rush. And 2016, he lost to the Falcons, which it wasn't close at all, and the defense was lacking effort and all that. You know what? And you that's know what? why I'm, you know. 
I hate I hate to cut you off, but you know what the worst part of uh, you know a lot of people say there's there's wins and losses of being a fan. There's pros and cons. One of the worst parts of being a Bucks fan is when somebody says, "Don't bring up the blowout," and they say, "Oh, which one are you talking about?" And you say that one, and they know which one you're talking about. You gotta say uh, it does get a little old after a while, as Derek said at the Hall of Fame tailgate. It's easy to love a winner. Gotta stick by your Bucks, man. But Anyways, I just wanted to point that out. Hopefully, another people, a uh, couple of other people, thought that it was as funny as I did. Anyways, finish up, uh, finish up your score predictions. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, you know that's why I I have to go. Thirty-five, thirty-one, Patriots win. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a close game, but right now. The, the Bucks don't just don't have uh, enough firepower, or you know enough enough side, things on the defense side of the ball. If, if Levante David and Quan Alexander were 100 percent healthy, if they never got injured, TJ Ward never got injured, Keith Hanty was never banged up. I may pick the Bucks here, but I just think the defense is going to have too hard of a time to stop the Patriot offense. And I think, uh, but, you know, I do think the Bucks will have the lead. Maybe once, definitely once, maybe even twice during this game. They will have the lead. Um, but uh, eventually the Patriots as their team, is, uh, it's going to be a close game. But, uh, yeah, Bucks are going to lose this one. Uh, All right, man. Just Tom Brady, you know. It's Tom yeah, Brady. It's Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't think Tom Brady's never lost to the Bucks, so. Um, you know, but hopefully Eli Manning never lost to the Bucks either, and that curse was broken. So let's let's hope another one breaks in this in, in less than a week. Two curses are broke less than a week. I'll take it. Um, but anyways, you know, and 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 a win a win would do big for the team, but it would also do so big for the fans. Uh, you know, if, if they're doing this, if they're gonna do this for anybody, uh, they they should dedicate this game to to the fans because this is if they would come out and win this game at Raymond James Stadium, you want to talk about taking that for AJ? What, what a what a way to, to do it! That to then to knock off the defending Super Bowl champions in your house on Thursday Night Football. What what better way to to do it? And then, you know three and one going into your break, going to get healthy. Then you play an Arizona team that you can beat. Play a Buffalo team that you should beat. Play a Carolina team that, yeah, division game tough. You in Ray J, you should win. Uh, then you play New Orleans team that's in a dome. That's going to be a really tough game, but you could win that. Then you play in the Jets week ten. You can win that, right? So, make sure I'm going with this. Then week eleven, the Dolphins that look awful. You can win that game. You, you, you know what that is? It's momentum. Three and one. That's also three and one, then four and one, then five and one, six and one, seven and one, eight and one, nine and one. The Bucks would be nine and ten and one. <laughs> Imagine, and they'd be the best team in the league. Now, the Bucks may lose a game that they shouldn't. You know, maybe the Bills game, maybe the Cardinals game. Uh, Cardinals game's tricky and traveling out to the West Coast and stuff, but. Uh, the Cardinals aren't horrible. They're not great, but they're they're not horrible. Uh, you know, also the the Panthers game and the Saints game, two division games. So it's definitely it's, it's not going to be easy. I'm not guarantee a ten and one start here. I'm, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I definitely think that a win would go uh, too big for this team. But uh, you know, uh, 
a loss is going to happen. And honestly, I'm I'm never fine with taking a loss, but it'll be a small victory if they keep it close and there's nobody major that gets injured. Things to learn that, from as that, well. Yeah, that and, and that would be that would be big if, there, if they keep it close and there's nobody that gets injured, nobody major. Um, so, anyways, offensive MVP. I'm gonna go Jameis Winston. He's uh, caught his he caught his game. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna be on his game. Uh, you know, but Jameis Winston actually statistically in his two years he hasn't started off well. Uh, his first game, obviously his first ever game, horrible, but. Um, the first four weeks of the season, Winston has not been good, uh, and that's why I was surprised to see him have that much success against the Giants. That's game three. That's still early in the season, but this is technically game four, but I think Winston shines against a bad Patriots defense. Um, and my, my defensive MVP, this is tough. Um, I'm going to go Brent Grimes. Uh, you know, um, I think Brent Grimes uh, gets the pick. Uh, honestly, uh, not not a pick six. It's not going to be game changing uh, interception, but it'll it'll be a pick that that the Buccaneers will end up needing. Maybe they're down ten. Maybe they're down, you know, th- uh, like who knows really? You know, maybe maybe they're down uh, like fourteen to fourteen to ten or something. And, and Grimes gets the interception right before halftime. They're able to score 17-14, get that halftime lead. So I'm going to think Grimes. Not going to take any defensive lineman because I just don't. You know, this the the D line. It's good against the run, but the Patriots don't really run the ball that much. So they they use their backs uh, for receiving. So uh, the secondary definitely has to be good. And if Grimes can shut down a part of the field, that's definitely big. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm trying to be as realistic as possible. Patriots win 35-31. Send Bucks fans home crying. But no, you know this team's two and two, and hopefully. There's no major injuries, so they can get healthy and uh, get back on uh, get back on track. All right, man. I am going to pick my final score first, and I'm going to stay in the same ballpark you are. But I'll be honest with you. I hate to say it. You know, I try to we try to be as positive as we can here on the show. But realistically speaking, I don't think towards the tail end we're going to be able to keep up. I think final score is going to be 35-24. I think it'll be a two possession game. For the Patriots, the Bucks just not going to be able to hang on at the end. I think something's going to happen. Jameis might throw a timely interception that leads to another score, and the Patriots are going to run away with it. We are talking about the defending Super Bowl champs. We need to not ignore that fact. Uh, the world champs are the world champs, and it's going to be a pissed-off Patriots team. They're playing after a loss to the Panthers. It's going to be, like you, uh, like you said, the Patriots don't lose two games in a row. Two and two Patriots, pissed off New England Patriots, and a pissed off Tom Brady who's going to look to put up a lot of points, not only in fantasy, just on the board. 35-24, Patriots in Tampa is going to be my final score prediction. Offensive MVP, I'm going to buy into the hype right here, my man. I am going to say Doug Martin. I want to see see the Duggernaut come back and have a good game. I want to see him have a big game. I want to see what we've been waiting for. This whole season. I want to see at least one explosive play that makes you excited that he's back. Because like I said, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And Doug Martin being gone for four weeks definitely hurt this team. There's no way around it. 
Looking to shake off a little bit of ring rust, as you said. Not, you know, I don't think he's going to run for two, three hundred yards or anything. But I'd like to see him come back and show some highlights of what he could do throughout the rest of the season. I think he could be utilized and have a big game. Defensive MVP, second week in a row, I think it'll be Kendall Beckwith. I'd like to see him come in and have a really big game against Gronk. If he can shut Gronk down, it'll be just a good time for him. Uh, I'd like to see him come out and be big. Yeah, and how good has Beckwith been, you know? I mean, the the story of him has been insane. You know, he tore his ACL in November of last year, and the Bucks picked him, and they weren't sure what they were going to get. They were trusting their training staff that he would be ready, and he's been ready, and he's been productive. And looking to have a big game against the Patriots on Thursday night. Trying to look at it as positive as you can, man, but... That's just about going to wrap things up for us on the show here as we head into Raymond James on Thursday. I'm not super excited about it. I, I hate to say it, but it's going to be Bucks football nonetheless. It's going to be exciting to watch. And hopefully the Buccaneers can stay in this one and prove everyone wrong. But thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast here for Episode 8. We have done this for eight weeks now. Crazy to think about. Also, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the support. We are almost at 75 subscribers on YouTube. And I believe I have to check the I have to check the count, but I believe we are closing in on 500 downloads on iTunes. So if you guys could go subscribe on iTunes, it would mean the world. Also, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. Evan, any last words, my man? Not really, guys. You know, just uh, I know I know Rhett said he's not really uh, excited, but enjoy the game. If you guys are going, obviously be safe, but uh, be loud. You know, we, uh, the the Bucks definitely need you, and uh, stick carriers come on out. You know, if you're not going, if you if you're not doing anything before the game, head over to the What the Buck Tailgate. Uh, as friends of ours, Derek Fournier, uh, has been on the show. Um, I also I write for What the Buck. Uh, my recent article has uh, been posted. It's just a. Uh, uh, it's a little, uh, it's a little review from the Giants game. It's uh, Evans' best of the best and worst of the worst. And um, Derek's a good guy, and they, they have a good time at that tailgate. So definitely go, uh, food, drink, party, whatever, music. It, it's a fun time with a bunch of good people. It's a great time. I was there for Week One against Chicago. One of the best tailgates I've ever been to. Good food, good ass food. Let me tell you, the hot dogs and the hamburgers. We're definitely worth the wait. They also do grill some chicken, get some baked beans, rolling mac and cheese. Even got a side of coleslaw for you and a build station for your burgers. It's a great time, guys. Franco is going to be there. If you don't know who that is, he performs the Bucks anthem every year. I believe he writes a new one every year. Um, maybe not every year, but he has written a couple of Bucks anthems and performs them right before the stick carriers and the Buckaholics and everyone at What the Buck siege Ray Day to uh, Ray J to take it back. It's a great time, guys, and all of the donations go towards a great cause. Check them out and more information at whatthebuck.com. Anyways, guys, that's just about going to wrap up the show for us this week. Also, really quick, before we cut things off, I know we've been trying for a couple of minutes now. I don't know if you saw, Evan, uh, but the Buccaneers brought back Alan Cross today. Yeah, I did see that. That's uh, from a, from a fan perspective. That's uh, it's uh, really fun to see. He's uh, you know Mark Cook's uh, son. Uh, uh, not really, but it, it's just a joke going around because they look like exactly like. I'm telling um, you, Alan Cross is going to be the offensive MVP against the Patriots. He's going to come out and look like Mike Allstott. He's, he's going to run for 150 squad. yards. They're going to bring him up off of the practice squad. He, they're they're going to throw him in at line or at, not linebacker. He's the secret weapon. 
Yep, he is the secret weapon. He's what we're going to need to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. He's going to play both sides, actually. For the first time He's going to rush the passer? Oh, hell yeah. He'll run that outside <laughs> linebacker spot into the ground. Noah Spence will be... What are you talking about, Noah Spence? Alan Cross is going to be there. Chris crossing across the field, taking out Tom Brady and his receivers. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that's just about going to wrap up the show for us here today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember that Atlanta led by 25... Go Bucks. Have the rest. Have a good rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.